Hi guys, it's Nina. I kind of wanted to let y'all know that the next few episodes for the month of September are going to be a lot different. This month, I am going to be recording solo. And the reason for that is I really wanted to be true to the real reason why I even created a podcast. And that reason is solely to make space for myself. I don't necessarily have the desire to be heard by the masses like worldwide or whatever, but I definitely wanted to make room and give myself space to be present and to just make space in the atmosphere for me. Um, A lot of times in my life, I'm always being pulled to the forefront and I don't naturally want to be in the forefront. And a lot of that has to do with just self-consciousness, you know, just feeling like I'm not good enough or feeling like I don't really have anything important to share. But like, I can't even remember a time when I was not like singled out or called out to kind of come to the front and say something or do something or spearhead a project or whatever. And I kind of wanted to really give myself space to own that and explore that side of me without second guessing myself. So along those lines is the reason why I decided that this month I was going to just podcast completely solo. And the theme of all of these podcasts, the next, I want to say four podcasts, I'm thinking are going to be centered around something that's really near and dear to my heart, which is family. Um, So today's podcast is going to be specifically in regards to the people who raised me. Um, my dad, my mom, and, uh, extended family members or what have you. So, yeah, I guess if you want to know a little bit about my life, here goes it. Okay, I'm going to jump right in. My father, James Freeland, and his family are from the West Indies, Antigua to be exact. When I think of my dad, I think of someone who's very opportunistic, in my opinion. Um, I think the most that he's taught me or the most prominent thing that he's taught me that's always stuck with me is to know and always like recognize the opportunity um and to be able to seize it I think if anything like I learned that the most from him um uh, I don't know if anybody listening has ever like grew up in uh, any type of Caribbean family, 
but man it's tough <laughs> it is really tough like you get lots and lots of tough love in any type of caribbean family like it ain't easy it's just not easy like you get love but geez like it's just like discipline 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 um my opinion of my dad is like I really kind of consider him to be family oriented like because he really does like love his family and because he's always talking about like this person and that person and just like people I don't even know sometimes and it's just like he just knows everybody in his family and it just seems as if like he just is like super connected to everybody um and in general, he's the people person anyway. Like he just is one of those types of guys that just kind of moves around and just kind of knows people here and there or what have you. Um, my dad has lots and lots of swagger. He's, he's got swagger because he just let him tell it. He's a fly guy. So he, he kind of moves around and such. Um, so yeah he's antiguan however he was raised in new york um most of my father's family or my immediate paternal family rather resides in new york um so he kind of has that new york mentality he's a mover and shaker type guy so when i say that my dad taught me to recognize the opportunity it's more in like a subtle way I can't outright say that I have like very early childhood memories of my dad by the way my dad and my mom were never married um and I don't remember them like together just for reference um so there's that but I don't really have like any early early memories of my dad like things that we did when I was really really little but I kind of remember like my preteen teenage years vividly and when he was driving first of all uh, driving in the car with my father I don't even know how any vehicle is able, is able to survive with him behind the wheel because he drives every car like it's a race car anyway driving in the car with my dad like he will always say like it would be something that he would say all the time like any time that he would be on the highway and he would be switching lanes or whatever he would be like when you get ready to switch lanes you got to pivot when you get ready to switch lanes you just got to kind of pivot and oddly enough that kind of stuck with me like I apply that to my life in so many different areas. It's not even funny. Like when I'm getting ready to do something, whether it's with my kids, whether it's at work, whether it's at a function, like I literally hear those words like, okay, when you get ready to make your move, you got to pivot. And I take that to mean like, you don't just jump into anything. You don't just, you know, be brash. You got to wait for the right time to move in on whatever it is. You know, you have to wait for the right time to make your move on whatever it is. Um, 
And that's always stuck with me. And it served me very well thus far in life. My dad, I remember, bought me my first computer, one of those clunky IBM computers. And man, like, that was a big deal. Apparently, for him, he thought it was like really important for me to have. It was something he really, really wanted me to have. And I think it kind of gave me a head start on being resourceful and just having access to something that not everybody had or not to say that not everybody had a computer where I lived or growing up, but just being able to get to one because most of the times you would have to go to the library or whatever. So the fact that I had one in my home really made a difference in just my outlook on life and just access to things or what have you or access to information rather at that time I would say because I was I don't know maybe like 12 13 so yeah um so yeah like I think that's one of the things that I really really can say that my dad like really instilled in me was like when to recognize opportunity when to take opportunity and how to take you know the opportunity um my dad's parents tim and doreen oh my god i love my grandparents so much like i love my grandparents so much it's just ridiculous um so my granddaddy tim is a character to say the least I am 38 years old and even still at times when he speaks to me, I have to listen very, very, very closely because it's hard for me to understand him. His accent is very thick. Um, He loves to joke. He loves to dress. He loves to talk on the phone. I have not met a man in my life that likes to talk on the phone the way my grandfather loves to talk on the phone. Like he has this old ratty phone book with like everybody's telephone numbers and addresses in it real old school and I could believe right now to this day like on Saturdays he sits down and gets on the phone and start calling people my grandmother Doreen she is like a quiet storm and I love her for it like I think I get my nerve from her to be honest like she's I remember her just which and they're both still alive by the way um thank god like I'm blessed to still have grandparents that are still alive um but when I think of her I think of just a quiet storm like she was not or ever a loud woman um but it was just like when she said when she did talk like people listened like when she spoke like you everybody listened like period like it was just that was it when she spoke you you everybody just listens to her like her word was just like law so like I guess the way that translated to me was just make your words or make your life count for something I guess I don't know um but when I think of her I just kind of think of a quiet storm like 
she's there she's present and she's respected more so than anything like I never got the sense that anybody would dare like they would not dare disrespect my grandmother and every now and again like you know she'll make little comments or whatever like she'll be talking her little shit or have something slick to say um but it wasn't often um I have two aunts directly my dad's sisters that are still to this day like superstars to me like superstars like what I remember being little and seeing them like just come and go and they were like superstars I cannot say that I was one of those kids that looked up to anybody on tv no singers no actors I looked up to my aunties like that was it that was my life goal was to be just like my aunt Francine and my aunt Carol that's it period like that was that was it that's all I wanted to be like. I wanted to walk like them. I wanted to dress like them. I wanted to talk like them. I wanted to be them. They were like my trendsetters for everything. Um, And they all, I just, when I think of my aunts, I just think of love. Like they loved me and I knew they loved me. And it was like an unconditional love. I never, not one time, not even to this day, felt like... I had to be anything other than myself with my aunts, ever. They always gave me the space to be myself. And I really needed that. Because if anybody knows, growing up in a Caribbean household, like, listen, you there's a proper way to even sneeze. Like, everything has a way to do something. Things are always going to be decent and in order. Like, that's just it. Like, that's just it. Um, I have uncles, but I don't know. I can't really say they're as prominent in my life or what have you. Um, I think about my uncle Dale and I just remember him like he loved family. He loves family and everything. I speaking like these people are not here. They are here. Um, <laughs> he loves his family and I always kind of felt like he loved me from a distance and not in a bad way. Never in a bad way. I remember him remember seeing him at my aunt's wedding. I want to say in 2013 if I'm not mistaken. And like we spoke and it was just like we just spoke. We only spoke like once. But every so often, like, I would be sitting at the table or I would be just up getting a drink or whatever. And I would feel somebody looking at me across the room and it would be my Uncle Dale. And it would just be like the look of somebody who just really, really loved me. Um, Yeah. I think about my Uncle Chester. When I think of my Uncle Chester, I think of a smell. I can't even describe what spice it is. I don't know, but he just smelled amazing all the time. I don't know how to explain that, (laughs) but there's just a certain smell that I associate with him. I don't know if it's like a sandalwood or if it's like a frankincense or like an incense or something, but he just smelled amazing all the time, like all the time. 
just very herby but still sweet and clean like when I think of him it's a certain smell that I can literally like I'm talking about him and I can smell him right now it's totally weird but mm. um and I have two other uncles but um I don't really have the best things to say about them. My Uncle Jerome and my Uncle Roderick. I don't know. I just think about my Uncle Jerome. I just don't think that he ever liked me for whatever reason. Like, he was always mean to me. Like, he never had anything nice to say ever. I can remember as a child, he just wasn't the nicest person. But, you know, I can respect it now that I'm older because, like, I really don't like kids either. So maybe he just didn't like kids and he was just, like, annoyed because there was a child in his presence. So I I get it. So, yeah, I think that kind of sums up, like, the paternal side of the family. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, it does not. I'm forgetting two very, very important people. My great-grandmother, Dorothy, and my Auntie B. Listen, listen, I did not spend that much time with my great-grandmother, Dorothy, but I count it as a blessing to say that I knew her. I remember vividly how she looked. Beautiful, dark-skinned woman with, like, white, white hair. Like, her hair was so white, like cotton. And I used to think that she was the most beautiful, like, old lady that I've ever seen in my life. And that I hope to be as beautiful as she was when I reached her age. Um, I remember that she used to make rum cakes. That I later figured out was a rum cake. Because when I was young, I didn't know it was a rum cake. Didn't realize the reason why I couldn't eat it. Um, And she would have them in, like, this hat box. And she would pour rum over it and close the box back up. And I never understood, like, why I couldn't eat it. Was it rum cake or was it, like, a fruit cake? Not really sure, to tell you the truth, now that I'm thinking about it. But I knew it had alcohol involved. Anyway, I remember her vividly. Um, and I used to just always marvel. Like, she was just... I just used to think she was just so pretty. Like, I couldn't explain it. Like, she was older, but she just had this distinct look about her. And I just thought that she was so pretty. And I can remember being very small, thinking that whenever I got whatever age she was, that I wanted to look just like her. Unfortunately, I'm not going to look like her because I'm not as dark as she was. And that's one of the things that I'm very insecure about. Like, I feel like my complexion is horrible. And, like, I wish I was darker. But so is life, you know. We take what we got. We use what we got. Um, oh, my God. My Auntie B. My Auntie B is the person that made me fall in love with feeding people. Every time I would go visit my Auntie B. She would make sure that I had something to eat or that my dad had something to eat. And she would always like to sit and watch us eat. And she would say, I just love to watch you eat. You just look like you enjoy the food so much. I vividly remember her saying that all the time. And that just like really just is still just a love for me cooking the way I cook now and I love to see people eat in general 
um and my auntie b is such a sweet lady like i don't ever remember her not smiling i don't never remember her like maybe not like she will hum a little tune every now and again um and I just wish that I could just be as sweet as her. I don't know if I'm going to ever get there because she's really sweet. Like really, really sweet. I, I don't I don't know if I have it in me to be that sweet. Let's pray that I get there. Maybe I'm a work, maybe I'm a work in progress. But my auntie B was like super sweet. Yeah, like or is super sweet. Like I, I keep saying was. All of these people are still living mind you like all these people that i've mentioned are still very much alive today um so yeah i guess i have to get used to speaking to them like they are speaking about them like they're here so yeah um so now that does that wrap up my father's family yeah that wraps up my father's family as a whole i have so many cousins so 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 many cousins and all of us have like these different unique personalities um and if i start talking about my cousins like i would be talking all day like it's i have so many cousins that are so awesome and that do so many different things and that have contributed to my life in one way or another large or small um but yeah, like, it's just, it's a whole army of us. That's all I can say. Like, on my dad's side, it's a fairly large family. Um, so, yeah. There's that. Yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say about my dad's family right now. Um, yeah, so that's one half of the people who raised me. My mother, Victoria Freeman. Oh, I have a lifetime of memories with my mama. Um, let me start off by saying that the number one, the absolute number one thing or life lesson that my mother has taught me is to be resourceful. If I can't say nothing else I can definitely say that my mom taught me how to use what I've got and to make good use of what I have like how to seek out things how to get a hold of things like she really instilled into me that if there's a will there's a way mentality and I could not be sitting here recording right now if not for that. So let me just put that out there first and foremost. Okay, so my mom, my mother is native to Florida, if I'm not mistaken. No. No. 
you know what? I really don't even know where my mama was born. Don't know if she, I don't think she was born in Florida. Either it was South Carolina or New York. Can't say which one. Um, so to be honest, like I really don't know which state she was born in. Um, so yeah, there's that. But I was born in New York. And I left New York when I was very, very young at two years old. And my mom moved to Florida with me. Now, my mama saw to it that I had a full childhood. That she made it her business. I remember going to museums. I remember going to parks. I remember going to shows. I remember going to storytellings. Like, I remember lots and lots of activities when I was younger. Like, from early childhood memories, I remember lots of activities. Um... I remember us being together quite a bit. Yeah. Those are like my early childhood memories of my mom. Definitely lots of outings. And not knowing it at the time, but knowing it now. My mom was so resourceful that she would always seek out just different things to do in the city um for free so like looking back at it like I'm sure like the majority of the things that we did were probably free because she would always seek out something that was going on in the area for kids that was free um and I just remember having lots of new experiences with my mom, like tasting different types of food, meeting different types of people, and just being exposed to different cultures, even if it was via a book or an encyclopedia or something like that. Um, I just remember being exposed to just a lot of different cultures and a lot of different things um, with my mom. So I got lots of exposure, even when it came down to things like just around the house. Um, Growing up in Miami, Florida, my mom lived with her grandmother, my great grandmother, Miss Nellie Mae Lee. Um, And that was one of the reasons why we moved to Florida, if I'm not mistaken, so that my mom could kind of like help take care of her in her older years or whatnot. Um, And even just like, growing up in our house in South Miami um my mom made sure I had everything like she made sure I had everything that I needed I had roller skates I had bikes I had all kinds of toys and things um my grandmother Doreen she would send me stuff all the time like so I had things you know um I think it's important for me to say that I was the only child until up until almost 10 years old. So I was very spoiled, I guess you can say. Yeah, I'm just going to have to own that. I was spoiled. Um, I was totally a brat. 
And uh, up until recently, I don't know, maybe like the last five years, I just thought that the sun rise and set on my ass, honestly. So, yeah. Did I already say I was a work in progress? I might have said that the last segment, but okay. Anyway, so my mom. Yeah, my early childhood memories of her was just having lots of things to do and having lots of exposure. I verily remember overall, though even when I was younger, this unspoken rule I don't even want to say if it was a rule but unspoken words like I always just or maybe I just felt like it but I remember being young and feeling like I had to do everything right or I had to be perfect patty um that was one thing but for the most part I could totally say that like my mom made opportunities for me to just have a different experience or to learn something new Mm, we definitely did not grow up privileged um I don't remember us being dirt poor but looking back on my life like we just I mean we just had a I had a regular childhood and I don't think I did not realize how much we didn't have and my mom did a really good job of shielding me from that I guess you can say I don't know if that's the right words I want to use but I think it is yeah she did a good job of shielding me for that because I didn't know how much we really didn't have until like I got grown and really started looking back on things um Uh, And when it comes down to being resourceful, like my mom just really instilled in me of using whatever we had available on hand and seeking out things. Like I spent a lot, a lot of time in the library, lots of time in the library. I grew up on PBS watching like Reading Rainbow, Sesame Street and stuff like that. And so... Um, my mom would, you know, if I had like a whole bunch of questions or whatever, like she'd be like, oh, let's go to the library and let's get a book on it. Um, and that really kind of instilled in me to seek out information always, like always be looking for information. Um, so I could definitely accredit her with my resourcefulness. Um, I think the next biggest thing that I wanted to point out in regards to my mother is that I really got my entrepreneurial spirit from her. She always had like a little side hustle going on. Always had like, you know what I'm saying? Something on the side to get a little change. Um, and I respected her for that. And you know, like, I'm the same way. Like, I have so many little side hustles going on right now today. It ain't even funny. And just seeing her always strive to do something extra or to do something other than just the status quo. Um, 
really instilled that, you know, having your own and establishing something for yourself was important in life. Now, let's speak about my mother's mom, my grandmother, Mary Beth Freeman. My grandmother Mary, or let me just, my grandma Mary, because that's how I say it. Oh, she will move heaven and hell for me. And our relationship has always been so easy. I don't even know how else to explain it. Like, it's just been an easy relationship. Like, it's never been hard for us to be close. Maybe in my teenage years, it was a little trying. I think everybody's teenage years is a little trying. But for the most part, like, our relationship just in general, like, our personality is just... It was just easy. I don't know how else to say it was real easy. It was never forced or like we always were been able to talk. We always been able to laugh. Um, she always made me feel really safe. When I think of my grandma Mary, I think of the one person in this world. If don't nobody got my back, my grandma got my back. Like that's how she made me feel like I had a support from her at all times no matter what was going on my grandmother supported me to the utmost um now I will say that my maternal family is a little bit more boisterous than my father's family and I think that's just because they're southern like my mother's family, my maternal family is just from down south, hailing mainly from the Carolinas and um, Florida. So we, that's where I get my southern accent from, like we we just southern. Um, so my grandmother Mary, like my grandma Mary, we just, we just have this easy relationship even still to this day it's just easy it's nothing it's just nothing for us and it's just a comfort when I think of my grandma Mary I just think of comfort I think of security I think of support so then kind of backtracking a little bit I guess there was my great grandmother Miss Nellie May Lee I remember her vividly. She passed away when I was about 13, 12 or 13. So I remember her. I have good memories of her. Um, she used to drive me and my cousin Jakevis around to feed this cat of some lady who she used to work for like many, so many years ago and she would feed that cat faithfully honey every I don't know if it was like every weekend or whatever we would get in the car and go my grand, my great grandmother or my granny I used to just call her my granny my granny taught me more than I realized at the time first of all my granny used to work for I guess you could just say rich white people in the Miami area and 
as they as she stopped working for them and as they you know kind of passed on or whatever they would give her things she had furs she had minks she had fox skin furs she had pearls she had crystal she had silver um yeah so she had all this like luxurious stuff that people who she used to work for had given her um but she she herself wasn't necessarily glamorous um now don't don't get it twisted my granny when i look back on some of her older pictures honey she put herself together put together but just like on a day-to-day she was really down to earth always smiling um real laid-back lady i remember her being the first person to really sit me down and start teaching me how to cook i remember she used to make this rice pudding she used to sit me down and like talk to me about all the different seasonings and what they what did they do to the different foods like how this seasoning went with that seasoning and if you put it on this meat it would do this or if you put it on that meat it would do that we will watch julia child together on pbs um and she would talk me through different things that julia would be doing and i used to just think that was so weird like how she knew like things that julia would do before she even did it um so yeah my granny taught, was the first person to literally like sit me down at the table and be like you know start teaching me things about cooking um and i just remember she had like all this crystal in this china uh she had like this massive china cabinet that had china and crystal in it and I remember she used to have these teeny tiny little forks, which um, are seafood forks. But at the time, I, I didn't know that. I just used to marvel at how small these forks were. I was just like, gosh, these forks are so tiny. Like, I didn't know what you would use them for at that age. But, you know, you would use it for like picking out crab meat or lobster or shrimp or something like that. They're seafood forks. Um, sterling silver beautiful like very intricate and yeah she just had like drawers full of different silverware and servingware um in her yard she would have irons like old school irons that you would iron clothes with um that you would have to literally like sit in the fire there made a cast iron and she had so many different sizes of those i can remember those in the yard um so random but I just remember that's one of the vivid memories I have um growing up in her house um so yeah that's Miss Nellie Mae Lee um her son is my mom's dad um James Freeman actually so my dad's last name is Freeland and my mom's last name is Freeman. Um, and I always have to make a distinction when I talk to people because they just want to assume that it's Freeman and it's not. Um, so yeah. Um, my granddaddy, my grand my mom's grand my mom's father was a tall man. I remember him being very tall, very, very good looking. 
dad was a handsome man. My grandfather was handsome. Um, I didn't really know him that well. But what I did know of him was that he was in the military. Um, he was a college graduate. And I just remember seeing pictures of him smiling all the time. Like, he just had this very charismatic smile. Um, and he was a very good looking man. So, yeah, there's that. So, on to my siblings. I am the oldest of six kids. So, there's me, Don, Ray, Monique, Charles, and Joshua. Yeah, that's us. Um, and so, like I said, I was only child until right up until about mm, nine-ish, ten-ish. Um, and... I remember when my brother Don was born. Oh my God. Like, it was just like a dream come true. Like, it, like you know, like at that age, you just really want a brother. It's just so bad. And, like, I just remember holding him all the time and wanting to play with him all the time. And, yeah. Then there was my brother Ray. Um,. what I remember about my brother Ray was he had so much energy like he was an energetic child I remember just like gosh he just moves really fast and so then there was my sister Monique um I can remember being really happy to have a little sister but by that time like I was so much older it was just like I was kind of like okay like I have enough siblings already you know but I was like well at least I got one sister so like I'm good you know um but it was just like such a big age gap at the time when I was younger I think I appreciate my sister so much more now than I did when I was younger um uh, and then my brother Charles my brother Charles is so such an interesting person to say the least. I remember him. I was I was in my own place by the time he came along. And he was just so cute. He was a cute baby. He was a cute little boy. He was so cute. Um and he was just so feisty. Like he was just so feisty and so full of life. And he was a pretty happy little kid for the most part when he was younger. Like, he was just so happy and smiling and playing and stuff. A little mischievous, too. Um, and then, last but certainly not least, there's my brother Joshua. My brother Joshua, I guess you could say, was like the surprise sibling. Yeah, because when my mom told us that she was pregnant with him, it was just like, stop playing. You know, like, my kids are older than him. So, yeah, it was just like, what? But, yeah, there's Joshua. He's kind of like the quiet So Like, he's so quiet. Um, and real laid back. Like, he's never in a rush to do too much of anything type. 
I can't really say I have as much of a feel for his personality like I do with the rest of my siblings just because like it's just a major age gap like the gap is just so big um but even in regards to the rest of my brothers my the rest of my siblings they have more of a dynamic to each other I think because they kind of grew up in the house together and just because like it just so many years removed from each of them it was just like I was kind of like second mom I guess you can say so I didn't necessarily have the same exact dynamic as they had amongst themselves if that makes any sense um so then I have my aunt Mary Ann which is my mom's sister my mom's older sister um, and I can't say I really knew her, knew her like that, but when I got to know her a little bit in my twenties or whatever, like my auntie Marianne was cool as shit. Like she was just, she was just cool as shit. Like she was just that lady that everybody was just like real cool with in the neighborhood. Like. Everybody was just cool with my Auntie Marianne. She was good peoples. If she fuck with you, she fuck with you the long way. If she ain't fuck with you, she just ain't fuck with you. And that was it. Like, you know, um, real laid back. She just liked to have a good time, loved to cook, you know, loved to clean house. Like, yeah. Um, and so, like, my Auntie Marianne had three kids, which are my first cousins. Um, and, like, when we were younger, we were kind of closer, I guess, more or less. But then, kind of, like, as we got older, like, everybody kind of grew up and started doing their own thing or whatever. But, like, to this day, like, they still my cousins. Like, I don't care. Like, they could call me today or tomorrow or I could catch word or something popping off, like, and I'm there for any one of them. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of like they're like siblings, but not. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, um, who else do I want to mention for my mom's family? My mom's family is kind of, I won't say as big as my father's family, but pretty big still. Um, I still have a lot of cousins in Florida, so many cousins in the Carolinas, aunts, um, yeah, I have one uncle on my mom's side, my uncle Craig, um, and he's pretty cool, you know, I can't say really say I know him that well that well but like if I see him on the street like I definitely know who my uncle is or whatever he's kind of a talker he likes to talk and he likes to write letters so yeah that's pretty much that um but one thing I can say overall for my mom's family is that like no matter what even though people are like off doing their own thing living their own lives like at the end of the day we still family like there's a real sense of loyalty to family and 
like we down for one another. Like it don't matter that I, if I haven't seen nobody in a while or whatever, it's like when we together, we together though. You know what I'm saying? And I really appreciate that. Um, it just kind of fostered a sense of security in me. You know what I'm saying? Like I got, I got family. Like you know, we all be out here grinding it out. We all real hard workers, and we all be out here just getting to it. But best believe, like if something pop off or somebody needs somebody, like we there for each other. So yeah, that's my mom's side of the family. All right, y'all. So that's the end of today's show. In the upcoming episodes, I'm going to be talking exclusively about my kids and my relationship with them. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned for that. As always, you can follow us at A Blip on the Map Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at 305 Stilo. That's 305 underscore S-T-E underscore L-O-W. Okay, see you next time. Bye.